Are you ready to take the next step in your multifamily investing career? The time has never been better than now. Think Multifamily's Deal Analysis Workshop is a comprehensive live training course that will help increase your skills, knowledge, confidence as an investor before you invest. This workshop is a unique experience that provides hands-on instruction and guidance directly from Mark Kinney, who has completed over 100 multifamily syndications valued at over $1 billion. This course goes beyond theory as you will be presented with real case studies and practice scenarios to work out in class. By the end of the training, you will have significantly improved your ability to evaluate deals quickly, make informed decisions, and take your investing skills to the next level with confidence. For more information and to register for Think Multifamily's Deal Analysis Workshop, go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash D-A-W, use code Whitney100 to save $100. The Deal Analysis Workshop is designed for both beginner and experienced investors. Whether you are looking for a foundational understanding of how to analyze multifamily investments or looking for fresh insight on how to pivot your analysis method, for this current market cycle, this is a workshop you have been looking for. Register today at thinkmultifamily.com forward slash DAW. Use code Whitney100 to save $100. When I got involved with real estate, it was all about control of the asset. And when I saw the syndication process as a general partner, there's so much ways to make money, you know, asset management, fee acquisition, disposition, you know interest carry, waterfall effects. There's just so many different ways to make money as a syndication. And I appreciate it. And I think maybe there's a lot of ignorance on my side of not understanding it too well. But when he asked me to partner with him, I just I said, No, I, I'm a firm believer in owning the asset outright, having complete control. And if I make a mistake, I lose the money if it's not somebody else's money. And so that's the, the route that I went. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Our guest today, he's actually not a fan of syndication. Okay. But I love this dynamic and I knew that going into it, or we talked about it ahead of time a little bit, but he's still an amazing entrepreneur and man, a real estate investor. And so he just has an amazing business, amazing drive, so many things you're going to learn from him today. But I, I, I love this perspective and just thinking through how he's investing in real estate and his thoughts behind, hey, I'm not really a massive fan of syndication and this is why. And so I, you know, I want you to know that going in, uh, man, you're going to learn a lot from this guy. He's, I mean, a really athlete turned amazing entrepreneur, right? And you're going to hear a number of things that have propelled him forward. And I, I even focus back on this conversation that's, that a friend's father had with him that propelled him into business. And I, I just, I stressed it at the end of the show, but I'm gonna stress it again at the beginning here that you do not know the impact you're having on other people. And man, the, I was thinking about the impact that, man, you know, now our, our guest today has had on so many other people. His name, Patrick Sukup. He's the owner of Sukup Real Estate Services. He's a third-generation Fort Collins resident, graduate from CSU in 2011 with a degree in business administration focusing on accounting. He joined the family business managing properties for Old Town Square Properties. In 2016, Patrick launched Sukup Real Estate Services to broker real estate transactions and continue to invest in real estate. And you're going to hear his, his real estate investing philosophy 
And even we, we were talking about leverage and, and why he has leverage or, or does not, or, or does he do the Burr method, those things, you know, compared to syndication and why not syndication. Patrick, welcome to the show. I'm looking forward to getting to know you a little bit. You are, you're close to a market that, that we're in in a big way. And so it's great to, great to know you're there as well. But man, tell the listeners a little bit more about your real estate business, your focus, you know, in this space. And I want to dive into some of your expertise that I know they're going to benefit from. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you uh, taking the time today. I'm a broker here in Fort Collins, Colorado, two hours north of Colorado Springs, an hour north of Denver. We have a small team of five. Got started in real estate in 2009, did a first fix and flip, got kind of bit by the bug and opened up shop as far as my brokerage in 2016, but I've been brokering deals since 2013, all with the intention of buying my own investments. Bought my first, not fix and flip, but my, bought my first investment property in 2012. And really, I've just been pick up, picking up properties since then. But organically, opened up a brokerage, have a couple agents, a couple assistants. And really, the main focus right now is the brokerage. But we, we funnel, funnel pretty much all of that cash into investments, all generally in Northern Colorado. Northern Colorado is Larimer and Weld County. So that's kind of our focus, which is a little bit different than you know, out-of-state investing Big, big multifamily, but you know, I have a very, I have a vast knowledge of multifamily investing with kind of my background working for my uncle. Yeah, no, that's incredible. And just from what we talked about a little bit beforehand, I'm looking forward to it talking about it. But you, know, you mentioned you bought your first property in 2009. You know, how aware were you of the market crash and like, man, maybe this is a great time to buy? You know, were you thinking like that then, or was it you were just trying to leave a W two, or you know, what, were, what was your thinking behind really making that first step into real estate at that time? I was actually an athlete in college at that time. And a buddy of mine's dad, who was a business owner, played in the NFL, very entrepreneurial himself, came to me and my buddy and said, Hey, you guys are both injured. You guys are both phenomenal athletes and have that kind of competitive drive. Let's transition that into business. And the way that we're going to do this is by what's called fixing and flipping properties. And he had already had uh, an agent that he worked with that did all of the kind of contracting and and literally I thank him to this day. I see him at the gym and this is you know 13 years, 14 years later and I see him at the gym and I just say I always am thankful because without that opportunity, I don't know if I'd be where I'm at today. But he just with no money down, no real even besides some physical labor at the property of like ripping off tile, doing some landscape painting. I came into this kind of joint partnership with two brothers. We bought a property in Fort Collins. It was a foreclosure. And we bought it for $125. We maybe put $15,000 into it, did it within a couple months, and then turned around and sold it. And I was like, this is wild. This is not, you know, it's, it's, it, seems so e- it seems so easy. And I think there was a lot of ignorance with that. But I think back to that now, and I, and I wondered to myself, you know, with three kids, mortgage, all of the risks that I have now in my life, would I still do the investing that I do today without the childlike mentality that I might have had at that time and willingness to learn and be a sponge? But from there, we got lucky. Uh, we bought the property at the uh, doorsteps of the courthouse, essentially, you know, with bidding on properties. From there, it got kind of popularized, fixing and flipping, you know, 2010 and 11. So we kind of pulled back. The partnership kind of dissolved organically. It was we were friends, but it just people were, we're young, nineteen-year-old boys. You know, lots of lots of life things. So, 
hit at a good time, great learning experience, but from there kind of went our own ways. Yeah. No, it's interesting. You talked about this, this, this guy that saw, Hey, you all were athletes and and there's a specific drive right behind, behind an athlete to hey go perform. Right. And all the things though, that have to happen to perform well before the big game, right. Whatever it is, your, your game is, you know, if you're an athlete, man, it's, you're thinking about it every day, right. You're thinking about every bite you take or every time you work out or, you know, I mean, it's this, this consistent thing that you are working on nonstop. And it's interesting that I've seen it so many times between athletes and, uh, you know, military law enforcement, just that type of structure and discipline that it takes to do any of those things that man, when you then go set that over in a business arena, man, things happen, right? <laughs> it's like, absolutely, it's, it's so neat. Is there, are there any other connections from that, that, that you can think of that would be helpful to the listener as you've thought of, you know what, that drive, that stamina, that just day-to-day grind has helped me so much from the athletic world now to business. Yeah, I think so. I think we were talking about kind of a, a superpower. And one of the things that I, I can do is app, you know, consistent action on a weekly basis. And I've got uh, Darren Hardy wrote a book, Compound Effect. And it's one of my favorite books. And I've had that implemented in my life since 2017. But before then, again, like you said, you know, the athlete lifestyle of I think people do really well in school when they're athletes because their time's so constricted that they have to be so structured with, I wake up at six, so you got to get to the gym because class is at eight and then practice is at three. And then I got to get home and eat because then I got to do my homework. And they're forced into this structured lifestyle. Whereas when you're outside of that, if you're working either a nine to five or have freedom and flexibilities, your life can really get out of sorts because you just have so much time, which is crazy to think about working a nine to five, having so much time. But without intentionality behind it, I think you really can get lost. But if you put some consistent action by way of daily habits, weekly habits, you start to see the impacts and the really results years and years to come. And you're, you just look and it's a direct correlation to the work that you put in. Yeah, no doubt about it. I, I can re- relate to that. A great book. Also appreciate the recommendation. But yeah, just the consistent daily actions, weekly actions definitely pay off, right? Long-term, you can't see it in the moment, but man, long-term. You know, you and I were talking about beforehand about, you know, you said you're a boring investor. What does that mean to you? And, and let's talk about, flesh that out a little bit. Absolutely. My uncle was kind of my mentor of sorts for real estate investing. And, you know, if you were to look at the traditional investor kind of rule book. You know, you want to to lever up, maximize your return, look at your yields and see see how you can maximize your returns. Whereas he's an individual that has been a buy and hold guy his entire life, you know, but there I worked for him for a decade and I think he sold two houses in Scottsdale, Arizona that were just kind of fun houses, but he owns over 400 units of multifamily and 150,000 square feet of commercial. And has owned it for 20 years. And it's just been amazing returns. He's the sole owner of it. And that's where I got my kind of background learning. And so when I buy a property, I just had a, a young kid reach out to me and ask me what my buying philosophy is. What, how, what's my whole strategy? 5, 10 years. And I just sent him a skull and crossbones. And I said, till I die. <laughs> and, I, and, you know, and that's true to a certain point because I still have the ability to 1031 exchange and all of this equity builds up, but I don't lever up. I don't cash out refinance. I don't follow the Burr strategy where I could probably really accelerate my 
investment portfolio to the number of units that I have currently to where maybe I want to be. But I pay down that principal. I take my depreciation. I work you know, as my brokerage to build enough money for a down payment, traditional 25% down on, on investment properties and put that into my portfolio that's managed and move on to the next. Yeah. Most investors, if you're smart anyway, you love boring, right? <laughs> you, you love boring. You don't want the flashy stuff typically, right? Yeah, I love that. Just the long-term approach, that delayed gratification, really. Speak to... Uh, and some people say, well, why not, Patrick? Why not put another loan on that deal so you can go buy the next thing? Like you said, right? You might, Some of that might happen faster. Is there some thoughts behind maybe why you're like so strict on, no, you know, I just don't ever want to do that? I think that I view each one of my properties as kind of a asset in my overall portfolio of I've got three kids. I have a condo that's set aside. I'm like, this is NOLA's college fund. This is our 1031 property. If in the event an opportunity that opportunity does present itself, this is a property that I just have an emotional attachment to. And I would say I do have some emotional attachments to my properties. I have a 3.25 interest rate on the house that I bought in 2013 that I just don't want to part ways with that loan. And I see that I owe, uh, you know, my principal balance on it's $250,000 and the market value is $650,000. So I have $400,000 of equity just sitting there. The return, my debt service on that is about $1,900 a month. And my rents are extremely under rented at $2,350. So you're like listening to this, and you're just like, you're itching, you're, you're scratching your eyes out, like, what is this fool doing? But for me and my family, like, we have, we're, we're, we make really good money on our daily businesses. And all of this is, is for the future. Now I am, I am doing a $100,000 kitchen remodel right now. It's one of the first dollars I've spent on myself probably in the last decade. And it's, it's so hard for me to write these checks. But we bought a house last year, we put $150,000 down 32% down for $0 cash flow. And I looked at my wife and I said, why are, why are we doing this? I said, Let's start to spend some money on ourselves. So we are kind of transitioning right now to actually enjoy some of the fruits of our labor over the last decade. But I would say that property that has $400,000 of equity, if the right opportunity presents itself, I'll absolutely leverage it. But right now, you know, between this depreciation for the next 20 years, the principal pay down that it's giving me, and the really security net. Because I mean, right now, I think a lot of people are talking about like, what's happening in 2023. Well, yeah, if I have to sell for 50%, I still make $100,000 on that sale. Right. No, no, it's interesting. Uh, you have options, right? Uh, you have right. options. Speak to, you know, you and I talked a little bit about it, but even just the syndication, like you mentioned, it was tough for you or just to think about, you know, investing that way versus owning these deals yourself. And I'm sure there's listeners who have thought about the same thing or feel, you know, partly the same way, but just what are your thoughts behind that? Yeah, I have a friend that is involved with syndications and he tapped, you know, we actually were partnered on a couple of deals and he tapped the relationship because I'm very connected here in Northern Colorado and a lot of people with a lot of money. And, you know, I think it was intelligent of him to connect with me because yes, I can connect him with $100 million, you know, with, with probably 10 to 15 phone calls to different investors. But it was difficult for me and I didn't give him any of those relationships as I use them personally for different investments, funding deals, off-market properties. But when I got involved with real estate, it was all about control of the asset. And when I saw the syndication process as a general partner, 
there's so much ways to make money, you know, asset management, fee acquisition, disposition, you know, interest carry, waterfall effects. There's just so many different ways to make money as a syndication. And I appreciate it. And I think maybe there's a lot of ignorance on my side of not understanding it too well. But when he asked me to partner with him, I just, I said, no, I, I'm a firm believer in owning the asset outright, having complete control. And if I make a mistake, I lose the money if it's not somebody else's money. And so that's the, the route that I went. And he's done a couple of deals since you know, we've not parted ways, but you know, since he's gone about his own thing. Yeah, you have some skills that maybe many don't have too, right? You know, that allow you to go buy your own deals too, right? You know, and make some of that happen. I know oftentimes our investors are like they're 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 too busy to go search for their own piece of real estate, yeah. right? To rent, you know, or to manage it and to make those things happen. You know, so yeah, no, it's interesting. And, and a lot of them want more control, right? And then and sometimes it's just a matter of a conversation, you know, I was like, well, you know, how much time do you have to take that control? <laughs> right. You know, do you really want that control? Yeah, it's yeah. I think in your seat with your business, your brokerage, man, it makes sense for you to be able to buy some deals yourself, right? Yeah, and even even today, you know, it's freaking. I think I woke up and it was negative six degrees in Fort Collins, and I've got a property, and it comes with its own headaches, right? And which is a lot of investors that I think get involved with syndications on the LP side of things just don't have the time necessarily to deal with a hot water heater that's not working at negative six degrees and has the resources to call a plumber that's on site can go take care of it. Those take years to build those relationships up, those connections and the trust that you're going to get it taken care of. And also the stress that comes with it. Because I will say this too, on the strategy of the way that I do things, I do think economies of scale are vital. We were just talking that last year we spent $80,000 on only five different units in our portfolio last year for upgrades, HVAC, lots of different things. And if I didn't have the umbrella of properties to help pay for that $80,000, I'd be, you know, like uh, it, you're digging into your savings and you're, you're like, how am I doing this? So I do think the strategy that I take is you do kind of have to syndicate in the sense of multiple units. Cause if I didn't have, if I only had one, I don't think I should be in this business. You have to be at 10, 15, 20, 30 units for it to start to make sense for vacancy factors, parlaying cash flow to other units, maintenance expenses. So there's very much a syndication type conversation that I think you should have if you're a small individual investor. You either are going immediately to five to 10 units, but don't sit with one because you are just, it's not worth the headache. Yeah, no, I think that's well said. And I think it just it goes back to you know what you're saying about syndication versus doing your own deals. And, and man, are you ready to do that? If so, man, go... Go after it, right? <laughs> you know, no doubt about it. What, what do you wish you had done differently? You know, knowing what you know now, you talk, tell yourself, talk to yourself back in 2009, 10, 12. What would you say? Yeah, I would say, well, one, buy a lot more. You know, <laughs> as I'm sure, I'm sure that should I'm be sure. the first thing you say. <laughs> yeah, as I'm sure everyone would, would appreciate with that. But really, I would say, and I talked to this about with my, really with my sister because she was considering buying a new house. And she just really wasn't com comfortable with the debt service, the mortgage payment. And I said, there was not one mortgage payment that I was ever, ever comfortable with buying it. But that's going to stay flat over the next 30 years. And my income is going to increase. My assets are going to go, you know, get better as far as loan to value. There's going to be a lot more flexibility. And so I would say having that understanding of discomfort is part of the process. And 
being comfortable with being uncomfortable, right? Buying, there was opportunities that I should have bought, but I was concerned because the cash flow and the debt service and the operating expenses was just too close. But with a long horizon, I think every deal can ultimately make sense. So I would say different underwriting. Yeah, 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 for sure. What about you know your? We talked about this a little bit, but I like to ask, especially anybody in, in your shoes. But your predictions, right, for the just what you're expecting over the next six, twelve, eighteen months, and how that's affecting the decisions you're making, buying, selling. You know how you're looking at deals now based on what you you expect to happen. Yeah, my team and I just held our meeting, and we we do an annual trip for you know education, team bonding. And we go to Vegas, different locations. You know, it's a, it's a decent, it's a pretty penny. And I told him, I said, this year, just based off of the uncertainty, let's go ahead and just do a big Airbnb down in Denver, go to a game, something along those lines, spend maybe 50% of what I would have spent on a normal year's team trip. But also that I spoke with my team last June. I said, Hey, imagine that every deal that you close today is the last deal that you close for the year. And then some, because right now there's just so much uncertainty that... I think being financially prepared, one, to take advantage of opportunities, because I absolutely think there's going to be opportunities as far as investing goes. But two, it's just about surviving this game, right? And it's about how long you can be in this game that I think really results and relates to success. So I would say for Fort Collins and Northern Colorado in general, I think I think the market's going to do quite well. It's a place that a lot of people are moving to. I think it's a very desirable location. I think the real estate market's going to get more focused on kind of its... That, you know, it's it's basic economics of location specific areas. Like I would be concerned if I was in Topeka, Kansas, right now, and who the hell wants to live or work in that area? I want to be in an area that's that's growing, that has desirability, and ultimately the fundamentals of it are going to be strong. Because I think right now there's a great amount of investors who've done very well for themselves, who have underwritten deals well, but I think there's also people that have overextended themselves, and they're going to have to dump. Whether it's a big syndication that you know just really just just needed to place capital, and there's plenty of those syndications out there that are sitting on a crap ton of capital that need to have some type of return, and so they buy they maybe they, they lessen their standards, and I think that happens even on smaller investors is that they've like me looking back, I wish I wouldn't have bought that single family house last year, and I would have been patient because I bought a property for. 35% down that cash flow is $0 in a location that I'm not really excited about. But we're in a position that we can handle a lot of different things. I don't think there's... I think there's going to be a lot of investors that feel some pain with all the boats that they bought and the third houses that they've bought that they're going to need to start disposing some assets. And I'll be there ready to pick some of them up. Yeah, for sure. Have some cash ready, right? Patrick, what are, what's some of the most important metrics that you track? Could be personally or professionally. Yeah, so I have the kind of like... We were talking about Jaron Hardy's compound effect. I follow a weekly rhythm that essentially follows 28 things. One of the things that I think, you know, I kind of mentioned to you is how important a personal brand is, building the relationships and community. And that's not done by accident, it's done intentionally. And that, that's by way of essentially daily and, and weekly habits. So for me, some of the things that I do is a lot of it is on social media. And I think a lot of people should be on social media building a brand so that you can direct investors or clients to that to understand who you are as a person. But I do three YouTube shorts a week, two YouTube videos a week on our on our Living in Fort Collins channel, 20 interactions personally on social media. So off 
on like through a direct message and intentionally build those relationships. And for me, the that's just some of the main metrics that I'm following right now is on social media. We're all in on YouTube. We are all in on Instagram and it's paid in, in huge dividends. Wow. That's incredible. I, I love how you know those metrics just right off the bat. Like it shows you're following them, shows you're, you're very consistent, just like we were talking about earlier in the show, no doubt about it. What, what about other habits that you have that you're disciplined about that have produced the highest return for you? Well, I work out seven days a week. I'm very intentional about the love that I have with my wife. Make sure that I write her a love note each week. Make sure that we, we go on a date every week. I think that one of the things that I try to do well is when I'm with my family, I'm 100% engaged with my family. And when I'm at work, I'm 100% engaged at work. And that, that's difficult, especially in the world that we live in with our cell phones. We're always attached to it. And at a moment's notice, you get a phone call or a text. But from there, I journal every day with our team. I reach out. I, I release a blog every week. And, I, and it's just small, consistent actions that compound over time. You know, we're, we're a team of five. But if you look at Best Real Estate Agency in Fort Collins, we rank in the top five on Google. And that's over two years of just activity every single week. And I just, again, kind of relating back to being a boring investor. I, you look at my life and I, I can be boring and I'm, I'm good with it. Love it. It's still this, the, what we consider small, but it's the consistent actions, right? Yeah. That's, I feel like it's a theme of your success. But I want to ask you, you know, if you could contribute to one thing at your success, what would that be? One thing to my success, I, I do talk a lot about when younger investors come and reach out to me and ask me like what, what I did, how did I do it? And a lot of my, my, my stock response is I wish I could tell you I was smart, but I had a lot of luck and timing. I just happened to really start investing in 2009, 12, when the market was just bottoming out. And you look at people that are trying to time the market right now, and you're just like, I I don't know what the market's going to hold, but be prepared on both sides. Another thing that I talk to people about is I dollar cost average into my investments. I try to buy one to two properties every single year, whatever's happening. That's the goal. And that's where I would say up, down, or whatever, I'm putting the money in at work. And each time I look back, I was, I always, I've told myself at least up to this point, I wish I would have bought three, four or five of those, but at minimum, at least I'm buying one to two a year. So I would say it's just, you've got to be willing to take that risk and you've got to put a plan in place and follow it. How do you like to give back? Well, recently we just did a give. So like I said, we do one give each year, a percentage of our revenue. And we, this last year, we have a video editor out of Ukraine and he edits our videos, does a phenomenal job, works with, has worked with me for three years. And he sent me a message and he said, sorry, sorry for this video being late. The, the Russians knocked out one of our power stations and I had to go buy a generator so that I could finish the video. And I said, forget the video. How are you? Are you okay? And he said, doing well. We've moved three times. And so we did a GoFundMe. We put in a big portion of our own and... and over two and a half years working with him, we've probably, you know, I think paid him out fifteen or twenty thousand dollars, and we gave him a, basically a ten thousand dollar donation in one swoop. And I said, take this money, whether you move, whether you don't ever consider financial considerations, just make sure that you and your family are safe. But we try to. Di- Our goal and intentionality with Seek Up Real Estate is just finding one 
kind of give each year and really making it intentional and as impactful as we can rather than small gives here and there. But time-wise, that's one thing that I talk to my assistant about a lot is right now, I, it's an excuse, but I, I just have very limited time with three kids under five and a brokerage to run and investments to operate that I don't have the time right now but to volunteer. So right now, a lot of my give is financially. Yeah. No, I love that intentionality. Even you know this guy that that you have a connection to in Ukraine, man, and definitely needs the assistance, right? I think it's a, we just, we live in our own bubble here, I feel like, and we have no idea what those folks are going through there. We just couldn't even imagine it. Perspective. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, Patrick, I'm grateful to have met you and just really think through your your perspective on buying and, and holding, right? And just the safety net behind that, I think as well, the dollar cost averaging applied to you know, buying a property, you know, every year and and even going back to the weekly and daily consistent actions, which I feel like, you know, being an athlete, you know, so much of that moves forward to in business. And I, I just appreciate that analogy too. even the the guy that uh, who was it that, you know, brought you aside and really helped that make you help you to make that connection into business? Who was that? Yeah, it was uh, it was my friend's dad, who was an NFL player himself and very successful in business, but just helped me transition kind of that mentality to business. Yeah, it just it reminds me too. Is like you never know the the impact you're going to have on somebody just by something that simple, right? And man, the long term effect of that are you and your family and your team. You know, even this guy in Ukraine, right? He's he's benefiting because your friend's dad, you know, did this, right, or said that. Absolutely. And so it's just incredible and the compa- compound effect, like we talked about. So, Patrick, thank you again for your time. Grateful to get to know you and have you on the show. How can the listeners get in touch with you and learn more about you and your brokerage, your team? Yeah, I'd say the the easiest way and probably most connecting way is through Instagram. But that's probably where I build the most relationships. And actually, you know, a lot of people reach out through direct messages and definitely not big enough to to ignore any direct messages. So I would say through Instagram right now is probably the easiest and quickest way to to follow and, and to ask questions if they have any. Thank you for being with us again today. I hope that you have learned a lot from the show. Don't forget to like and subscribe. I hope you're telling your friends about the Real Estate Syndication Show and how they can also build wealth in real estate. You can also go to lifebridgecapital.com and start investing today. 